Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Are you there, Lorraine? Can you hear us? I can hear you in one ear, Trish. <laughs> but, but I can't hear you in the other ear. Because oh, what's going on? This is the thing that happens with teenagers. Know this, people. They just take all your stuff. So someone's had my headphones, used them, broken them. And yes. And cleverly put them back in the laptop <laughs> in case I don't notice. Do you know what I used to do, Trish, to prevent this stealing mm. of um I'm sure equipment? it was very cunning Once. and clever. <laughs> Once, what I did was I put a picture of a bare bottom on a charger plug and told them it was mine. <laughs> And I said, if you take this charger, you'll be touching my bed. But honestly, oh, they're disgusted no. by the thought of it. The thought of it. Nudity. That lasted a week. I think I kept that charger for a week. Infuriating. Hello. Welcome to Postcards from Midlife. I'm Trish Halpin. And I'm Lorraine Candy. And we're on a mission to tackle all the big and small issues that affect women at this stage of our life. From insomnia to mind and body wellness, HRT to sex drive, careers and relationships. And as always, the challenges and joys of parenting teens. In today's show, we'll be talking to menopause specialist, Dr. Louise Newson about getting the right treatment for you during perimenopause, as well as the other health checks we should all be doing in our midlife. And later on, we'll be chatting about how world events, however crazy they might seem, are actually turning our Gen Z teens into quite remarkable young people. Trish, tell me what is happening in your life and in your home life. I know what you're after. You want a, an update on Margot the cat, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I'm after Because I know you don't like cats, but you're quite fascinated by her. Well, Margot likes doing um, yoga with me. Don't be so ridiculous. She does. She does a bit of stretching. She kind of curls in and out when I'm doing my downward dog and um, meows a bit. As I was doing a forward fold, I saw that under the bed, a big, Yicky furball. She is my spirit animal. Margo. But that was that that made me laugh and <laughs> was quite horrified in, in equal measures because obviously I had to then clear that up after the yoga, the yoga class. But what about you? What's been happening in your Well, life? you like to hear about Pixel, don't you? Oh, the world's worst behaved yappy dog terrier, yelled yapatron, barkatron. Well, this week we've had a bit of a breakthrough because I have discovered the dog father. He's Graham from, what's that he, program called? It's called Dogs Behave in Brackets Very Badly. Yes. So we take great comfort because she's, no, she's not quite as bad as any of the dogs on there. What we learned this week, you have to stand between the dog and whatever it's barking at calmly, which is often a problem for me, and you have to say off like that. It really works. Oh, my the God. The weirdest thing. This oh. dog has literally been barking at anything, a leaf in the garden, anything. Standing in front of her, and you go mm. off, and she stops. It's like he's had got some kind of secret agreement. Mm. So we're all in favour of the dog father. He is on Instagram. It's very, very useful. Mm. Now the other thing that's been happening to me this week, and Neil, I think, does this, but I, I mentioned on Twitter that my husband is like the Dom Jolly 
of everyone mm-hmm. on Zoom. He is the loudest person. <laughs> Wherever we are in the house, we can hear him bellowing at the Oh no. Voices. And when I put it on Twitter, <laughs> hundreds of women <laughs> said, Well, my husband's exactly the same. Does Neil do this? Well, Neil Neil is loud in every kind of way possible. So he's loud shouting when he talks. Um, he's loud when uh, he's putting a plate down on the counter. Bang! He's loud in. Um, Be careful! How do, how far how do you I, go I know? How do I? How do I put this pleasantly? Um, gaseous emissions. <laughs> very very well, loud. Our dogs a bit like that as well. Yeah. And sometimes in right, the garden, I have to run inside because I'm so embarrassed that the neighbours will have heard it. It's just horrific. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So now, before we uh, get to our special guest, who I'm very excited about, Trish, can you tell me about Wales? Well, it's we're not talking about Wales, the country. We're talking about Wales, the mammals. Because <laughs> for some reason, I, I don't ask me why. I do not know why. I decided to Google, do animals have a menopause? <laughs> and it came up that apparently five different types of whales having menopause I, I'm not going to bother listing them but it was quite fascinating that uh, to think that whales are sort of swimming around the oceans going through what we're but you know about through. whales don't you they're le- they're the leaders aren't they the female whales there is a book called flash count diary which is about the menopause and midlife it's a slightly controversial take because I think it's very anti um any form of medication, but it's written by an American called Darcy Steink. It's very good, actually. It's mm-hmm. very lyrical, but it's really tells the story through a whale that she'd been studying oh. for a project she was writing about. Yes, and she's very close to this whale, and she talks about how she moves through her life and all of the things that she goes through, and it does sound very similar. Who knew? Who knew? But now we do. Now it's time to meet this week's special guest, Dr. Louise Newson, who has been one of, if not the, UK's leading advocate for improving education about the perimenopause, as well as awareness of safe prescribing of HRT among healthcare professionals. She is also involved in research, including most recently the link between oestrogen and the immune system during the coronavirus crisis. Welcome, Louise. Hi, Louise. Lovely to see you again. I think um, I should probably mention that when I was at my lowest point, Uh, at the bottom, (laughs) thinking I'd gone completely mad. Louise was the person I turned to and I would have to say completely revolutionised my thinking and has made me much happier uh, in my day-to-day life and she is a very good GP. So Louise, uh, talk to me about how you started this journey because was there one case that you can look back on and think, actually, I really need to do a bit more on this and I need to specialise in this? Yeah, it's a combination of things, actually, Lorraine. Um, As you know, I'm a physician, so I'm not a gynaecologist, but it's one of the most rewarding things is helping menopausal women, as you've experienced personally. If you get it right, you can really transform people's lives. And to watch people get their jobs back, get their lives back, often their partners, is very humbling as a doctor, but also very rewarding. One of the first um, clinics I did, it was a lady who was in her 
40s and she'd had symptoms for 10 years and she came to me and she said I I've been getting night sweats and I've been told just to use a stronger deodorant but actually my bed is just dripping I can't concentrate I can't work really until sad, midday yeah. uh, because I have to have four showers in the morning but um and then when I saw her again after three months just giving her some very basic HRT she came and she really cried um and quite a few people cry in my clinic but she said do you know what I realise now I feel amazing and I could have had 10 years of feeling like this. Um, I mean, just put up with stuff, yeah, don't they? We do. We totally do. And, and We think and it's I, not the worst, so we'll just keep going. And yeah. actually, it could just be good and that would be mm. fine. You know, a lot of what I try and do is, is stop people thinking about the menopause as something that causes us symptoms or the perimenopause, which is obviously symptoms when you're still having periods, is actually thinking about it as a hormone deficiency. Because if I said to you, you've got iron deficiency you'll say well right where's my iron I need to take it so let's think about the menopause as a female hormone deficiency do you find it frustrating Louise that there's still this link between HRT and breast cancer I find it frustrating and sad actually and I can understand why it's happened because the media have been given misinformation but also doctors have been given misinformation but even if you look at the worst type if you like taking it for a long period of time the risk of breast cancer is very low. A woman who drinks a couple of glasses of wine a night or a woman who is overweight has a higher risk of breast cancer than those women taking HRT. We also need to not just think about breast cancer. Women are more than just people that get breast cancer. Yes. One in seven, one in eight women will sadly develop breast cancer. But most women who have breast cancer die from heart disease and taking HRT reduces the risk of heart disease by about 50%. And there are issues around the kind of HRT and where you get that prescribed. Talk us through those because that's a bit complicated. I know a lot of women who are taking HRT, which they're paying an absolute fortune for. Yes, and it is really important to bring up. So thank you for mentioning it because HRT is only three letters, hormone replacement therapy. The safest way is having this body identical HRT, which is the same structure, molecular structure, hormones as the hormones we produce ourselves. Sadly, as you know, NHS menopause care is is lacking in a lot of places. So a lot of people go privately and you just have to be careful what you're paying for. A lot of clinics offer these compounded bioidentical hormones, which are, as you say, very expensive. They're marketed as in that they're tailor-made for you, but actually no one can tailor-make hormones. That's impossible, you, isn't it? It's absolutely that? impossible. We've just done some analysis of some of these samples actually and found that they don't even contain the hormones that they are supposed to at the levels they're So if you're to. being prescribed bioidentical HRT at the moment, you really need to think about that, don't you? Basically, if you're spending a lot of money on it, don't get it. Despite knowing everything you know, though, when you start to go through these symptoms, you... you uh, you didn't put two and two together. Yeah, you? thanks for That's reminding me about it. that, Lorraine. Yes, um, yeah, it was a few years ago now, and um, I was in my mid forties, and I was I just set up my clinic actually, and I'd started to educate more healthcare professionals, getting out of my comfort zone and lecturing, but I was feeling really tired, like I'd been drugged, and I kept saying to my husband, "I feel dreadful." He's like, "Yes, you look awful," and I was getting back to back migraines. I was irritable, moody. 
just my joints were stiff. My yoga practice had gone to pieces. I just couldn't be bothered to do anything. And I thought, oh, it's just because I'm working so hard. And it was my one of my teenage daughters who said to me, mommy, you're so rude and stroppy. I think you need your period. She met like some of my friends before their periods. <laughs> and then I suddenly just realized I hadn't had a period for about three months. And then I suddenly thought, oh my goodness, these are all the symptoms I've spent the last few months writing about. And this is me. We've had a lot of women contact us saying that they have problems getting the right help from their GP. And you've talked about sort of education through the mm. NHS system. What advice would you give to a woman who is being referred here, there and everywhere? What mm. can she do about that? I think the most important thing is is taking control and getting as much information as you can. The menopause is quite a market at the moment and there are a lot of people who are selling lots of products and because they're making money, they have big advertising campaigns. I think when one gets into the GP, your brain just empties, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I get really scared going to the doctor because I think I'm wasting their time and they're so busy. So there's a questionnaire. You can just put questionnaire in the search tool um, part of the website and just fill that out out is really useful because then it often groups symptoms together because a lot of doctors because they're so busy quite rightly they often say one problem one consultation and women say well is it my joints is it my hair loss is it my oh oh, I don't know what to say and then they end up just saying I feel really flat and low and so the doctor understandably thinks oh they're depressed but if they've got this lovely questionnaire where they've ticked that will really help. We hear that you've got an app coming out uh, for menopause. So we're very excited to to hear about that because it sounds like a first. Yes, I'm really excited. So it's called Balance because it's about balancing your hormones, your life, your information and everything else. Um, So it's recently been launched and it's available to download both on um, Apple phones and Androids. The aim of the app is to provide free evidence-based, non-biased information globally to women. So no mean feat. It's taken us a year to get to this stage and I've got a fantastic team uh, working as a company, Magnetic North in Manchester, who are behind it. And um, it's going to have a lot of information in it for women, which again is evidence-based, but there's also ways we you can track your symptoms so you can see how you improve or worsen. But also there's a community section so people can talk about their experiences it's going to be really useful I think we've got people from over 80 countries who have registered an interest because globally this is a huge problem and it'll be very interesting to see how different countries tackle it. Over the years that you've been doing this and we've talked about it in the past you've had some amazing stories of women come to you because some women are almost suicidal Mm. when they go through this um, and nothing has helped. Some women have left their marriages they've I've met people who've said I'm going to resign from my job I can't remember my surname so I can't go to work of the women that you've seen who are you most proud of helping when I started my clinic this lady came to see me and she was a teacher teenage children everything fine suddenly her period stopped and within days she felt dreadful completely lost sense of reality she was very low very depressed she ended up being sectioned into um, a a psychiatric hospital and told she had bipolar. So she was given very heavy duty drugs and ECT, so electroconvulsive therapy, 20 cycles, and it didn't help. This carried on and for four years she then became housebound and her teenage sons couldn't cope with her because it was so difficult. She was really desperate and, um, you know, I've done a lot of psychiatry, helped all sorts of people, but I was really shocked by how many symptoms she had that were 
classic menopausal symptoms, flushes, sweats, you know, all the things we've talked about and this huge psychological problem. So, but I knew her future health HRT would benefit her. So I gave her HRT. And then a few weeks later, she emailed me to say she, it's the first time she'd slept for four years and she'd oh already goodness. started to feel better. Um, and when I reviewed her, she it, it's taken a while for her to fully improve, but she's so much better. And she told me then that she'd actually written a suicide note and she had planned her death because she knew that if I couldn't help her, she couldn't carry on the way she oh was because goodness. her life was so awful. You know, it's so sad because there is a peak in suicide rate in the early 50s in the UK. And it's no coincidence that the menopause is, you know, the average age is in the early 50s. And, you know, she's very extreme, but I have seen countless women who have been suicidal. They've had suicidal thoughts, which have improved with HRT. Why do you think society doesn't talk about it? Is it a... Is it to do with the way the medical profession is structured around really looking at bodies of men? <laughs> this does make me get a bit cross. because makes there me is, really cross. <laughs> there is a big thing because I do think if it was a male problem, it wouldn't be allowed to have got this bad. I also think that we're not prepared for it. You know, I'm here as a menopause specialist telling you I didn't even recognise my menopause. And quite quickly after I opened my clinic, I found myself really sad and really shocked with these stories that I'm hearing time and time again and so I guess I've been a bit more ballsy and want to make a change because I feel it's really wrong when we've got a, a treatment that's available. So there's lots of other things that happen in midlife which are obviously related to the drop in hormones but are just other midlife getting older symptoms so the kind of weight gain sleep issues you'll come in we'll see a gp we might get hrt we might not quite need it yet what other things can we do as women getting older from a gp point of view well it's very important looking at our whole house um, we recently did a study of nearly three thousand women and only 24 percent had been given any lifestyle advice or even been asked about lifestyle and certainly it's really important we know nutrition is so important our gut health is huge we also know like you say sleep is important looking at our weight um, looking at our alcohol intake smoking all those things but do you know what it can be really difficult for a menopausal woman who's got all these symptoms if I sat there and said right you need to lose weight you need to eat better you need to exercise often they can't until their hormones start to be rebalanced and then they're more motivated they've got less symptoms so they've got more energy they've got less joint pain they can exercise we know that the metabolic changes that occur result in this being this sort of central spread of fat and obesity which is is so horrible annoying. when you're uh, yeah but that improves with having the right dose and type of hrt so a lot of things that are put down to midlife are actually due to hormone changes it's been really interesting, and I've heard you talk about it, Louise, um, on TV, the link between oestrogen um, and immunity. And I know there's some research going on around that as a result possibly of COVID-19. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So we know that um, with COVID-19, the people that are more likely to, to sadly die and also go to intensive care and have more severe disease are men. We also know people that have heart disease and um, diabetes are more likely to have more severe disease. So for a while, I've been thinking, 
I'm sure that estrogen has an effect. And when you look at the data, we know that um, our immune systems are very different in men compared to women. Women have more effective immune systems and we have estrogen receptors on cells of our immunity, so our immune function. So when estrogen goes onto these receptors, it can make the cells more efficient, it can make them more in number, but also can reprogram them so they work better. And then I found some data from Wuhan, which showed that women who had low estrogen levels had more severe disease. So um, we are doing some work trying to find if there is a relationship with firstly women who are menopausal having more severe disease and also if taking HRT can improve uh, because we know that certainly some types of estrogen the estradiol can certainly um, improve this immune function we've had some uh, questions from our listeners um, somebody wanted to uh, ask you about alternatives to hrt if you if you don't want to take it or there's a reason why you can't take it what alternatives are there the only real reason why women shouldn't take it is if they've had an estrogen receptor positive cancer in the past. And we shouldn't give that first line, although we do sometimes give it to women because their symptoms are affecting them so much and they have other benefits from taking it. There are things you can buy over the counter. A lot of things that are labelled for menopause are often just expensive and there's no evidence behind them. Some treatments can help um, if it's for the hot flushes, for example, something like sage. Sometimes changing lifestyles, so cutting out on or reducing alcohol or spicy foods can make a difference. We should all be taking vitamin D because that helps with our bones, whether we take HRT or not. So I think before people start you know, looking at all these other things that are available that are alternatives you need to really ask yourself what am i taking them for all right that is good to know thank you very much louise it's been great talking to you it's very you. refreshing to get the actual information and i think that's what uh, women are missing we're so glad there are doctors like you out there yeah. fight it, fighting this fight and doing such good work oh thank you thank you for inviting me even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Now, normally at this point in the show, we tackle something that's proving a bit troublesome with our teens. But today we're going to talk about how brilliant they are and also how Generation Z is going to change the world and make it a much better place for us, especially when we're really old and even more grey. Lorraine, what have you found out? What do you know about Gen Z? So um, the narrative around teens is that they're lazy, they don't do anything, um, they can't be motivated. But more recently, the credit card company Go Henry, which um, gives cards to under 18, so 12 to 18, found that during lockdown, so during that 13, 14 week period of lockdown, there was a 22% increase in voluntary donations to the NSPCC, their chosen charity. Wow. Mm -hmm. So those young teenagers and preteens had made active and positive decisions to donate money during lockdown to other children, which I just don't think any other generation would have been no. so willing to do, especially given the financial constrictions of mm -hmm. lockdown. So this led me down a little bit of a rabbit hole to look at what is this just a one off or are, are Gen Z actually 
more of a philanthropy routines as they are now being called. Mm-hmm. And indeed they are. There's a website called Classy, which helps nonprofit organizations. Um, and what they found from all the research is that they are more likely to volunteer, more likely to mm-hmm. donate money, really, really aware of organizations' um, footprint and what they're doing, the giving back need. So mm-hmm. for them, this generation, which is the generation we really need at this mm. moment, it doesn't seem to be about stuff anymore. No. It seems no. to be about karma and what and, and putting back and giving back and I think I found it a bit actually with my teens as well because of social media and because they're pe- they're daughters and sons of gen x not daughters mm. and sons of boomers like us they know about everything in the world because they can access all that information mm. they can see what's happening I think that's just lovely to know that there is a generation like that brilliant the, the digital people. thing is really interesting isn't it because we 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 worry about it as parents but actually they are the first generation of true digital natives. They've been exposed to the internet, social networks, mobile system, all of their lives. So this actually makes them very comfortable with collecting and cross-referencing loads of different sources of information. My son in particular, he really enjoys watching all these like 10-minute documentaries on news stories on Vice. And um, Mm. I said, well, what kind of things? And he said, well, I just want to see what Putin's been up to. They're so empathetic and they're so interested in other people's experiences all across the world and historically and and in current times as well. So what kind of things are your kids doing, do you think, that um, tie into this? What I think I've noticed, and it isn't pushed by the school at all, is is the volunteering. So my uh, one of my daughters is a volunteer who goes to talk to old people who might be lonely, mm-hmm. um, which had started as a school thing. And I thought, oh, she's doing it for Duke of Edinburgh, so it's obviously relevant to her. But actually, when all that finished, she continued doing it. And now mm. she's got all these OAP friends all around oh, the world. <laughs> so she does it virtually with and, oh, and by letter, and she does it um, physically. And she's absolutely fascinated. It's something really brilliant mm. to watch. Their thought processes are about other people and mm. how it affects other people. Yeah. And being able to access other views from different communities online mm-hmm. has given them an empathy to step inside other thoughts. So how might that person who is black feel about this? And mm-hmm. it really works from a very young age. My nine-year-old Mabel plays Roblox, you know, that funny game they it's mm-hmm. a bit like Minecraft, but they oh, yeah. build, there's lots of different games and they play, They have to invite their friends to play it. And I noticed the other day that as she was playing it, um, they'd all called themselves Black Lives Matter. Okay. So it had, it had seen. It was seen. so on her radar. Yeah, well, on her I, radar. I kind of feel that my kids are far more emotionally intelligent and worldly than yes. I ever was at your age. Yeah. Uh, your age, at my age, at our age. Um, I mean my you know, age. <laughs> wasn't interested in politics or watching the news and I certainly didn't go on a march until I was in my early 20s whereas mine had sort of you know even two years ago skedaddled off to the climate change march unbeknownst to me. They really want to stand for something Mm -hmm. and they want you to stand for something and I think that's just brilliant to know that that's because we're going to really need it aren't we because of climate change (laughs) everything as well. (laughs) They might save us yeah. Yeah they're going to sort it out for us they really are. As, As my eldest will say when she um put something in the recycling I've put in the wrong bin she'll say mm. I'm we're just clearing up the mess you made of the planet oh. <laughs> yeah they do like to blame a bit that's the only downside <laughs> <laughs> I have to say I'm uh, very excited to hear what you've been trying and testing this week well 
what I've tried to do this week on my own, with a little bit of help, a bit of coaching, online coaching, is dye my own eyebrows. And it's the one thing I like to make sure I do, have my eyebrows dyed. Otherwise, I have no eyebrows and I look like some strange character from some peculiar fairy tale. They're very blonde, they're very pale, they disappear um, and now they're grey. So what I did is I talked to Sherelle, who runs Mayfair Nails and Brows, because that's where I normally go. She talked me through it. It's very, very simple. Um, I used one of their kits, which is the Mayfair Nail and Brow. But there are other kits on the internet, which I'll go through in a minute. So this is what you do. If you are very fair, you have a dark brown and a grey. So you Mm -hmm. mix dark brown and grey. And then you use the, there's a little bit of peroxide that you mix in with it. Now, eyebrow dye is much stronger than um, hair dye. So you do need mm-hmm. to do a patch test. It, if you are sensitive in any way, it will have a big of it because it's quicker, happens quicker. Oh, okay. You mix it up and then you start to apply it with a very fine brush, which you can mm-hmm. buy in the kits. Now, what you must do is apply from the middle first outwards and you go as far to the edge as you can you have to really really cover loads more than you'd think you have because according to um Sherelle you have a lot more eyebrow around the edge of your eye than than Mm. you imagine having done from the center out you then start um from the bit nearest your nose out okay um, and then you wipe it off and then you look at it and if you like it you have to wipe it off instantly yeah you wait about 30 seconds I mean it'll say on the kits but it's Mm. very quick um, and then you look at it, leave mm-hmm. it a couple of minutes because it continues to go darker. Mm-hmm. And then you start again. There's a kit called Eyelure, which is E-Y-L-U-R-E, and has all the shades and is quite good for a very grey brow if you're older mm-hmm. as well. Um, you can buy that from Boots. Schwarzkopf do a kit on Amazon. And I think it's just worth testing it very slowly and gradually but I was really pleased I mm. thought it was gonna be really complicated and that I would come out looking ridiculous do you know how long it will last I think four weeks oh, four weeks okay can I tell you a very quick story that involves an eye, my eyebrows and a cat so I as a teenager I have these very thick brows and I was just quite sort of frustrated by them and I just got some nails <laughs> <laughs> and sort of hacked a lump out of the middle of one of them thinking oh I just need to make it less sort of bushy and because we didn't have anything in those days no. didn't have eyebrow pencils or anything really and um, of course there was a massive hole in the middle of my eyebrow so I decided to cut a bit of fur off the cat and stick it on what's wrong with you who <laughs> poor cat was lying there but of course the cat was black so that wasn't going to work at all so <laughs> What you know, did you do? T- stick it t- on. Stuck it on with some nail varnish, clear nail varnish. You stuck cat yep. fur with yep. clear nail varnish yep. to your eyebrow. Onto my eyebrow. And you know. Did how- you take a lot of drugs where you grew up, Trish? <laughs> No, but I think it ties back into another topic which we've been talking about, which is why teenagers have no common sense. So clearly I had no (laughs) common sense when that particular incident went on when I was a teenager. But there you go. There you go. Right. What have you been testing this week, Trish? I've been doing a programme called Walk Active because, uh, you know me, I'm not... Say Walk. 
Walk, Walk Active. It's basically, it's this program that has been designed by this sports scientist and fitness and well-being expert called Joanna Hall. You have to watch her videos on YouTube. She's so incredibly energetic and motivating and I just love her energy. Anyway, she's sort of designed this program called Walk Active, which is to make your walking more sort of physical and fitness-based. It's all about your posture. It's about driving off the back foot. Normally when we walk, our feet are not very active and we just, we're using our hip flexors and our quadriceps. And what she's saying we should do is if you push off from the back foot, you are then using your back posterior chain of muscles and you really oh, feel it in your calves, your hamstrings, your glutes. And you, if you get the right posture, it feels really good. And I tell you what, I was huffing and a puffing after about five minutes it was really good. My heart rate was up. Oh. Um, so I, I was very impressed with it. You know, we talk about uh, sort of fat around the middle that kind of w- that you get in midlife. Yes. Midlife spread, midlife middle, where the kind of fat is around your organs, which sounds very unpleasant. But that walking briskly for 45 minutes will burn off all of that. What do you do? Do you have to get it on uh, an app? Is it an app or do you have to watch um, it and then do you it? You can watch it on her website, joannahall.net. Obviously, there's a technique to it and you have to try and yeah. learn the technique, which takes a little bit of practice. Um, but I just thought it was great. Trish, shall we do some nostalgia noodling as we normally do at the end? Of oh, our- most, most definitely. Most definitely. I look back in time. So this week I have discovered something uh, in a sort of roundabout way. We did a feature in style about the 10 biggest trends in fashion that have change time the things that are most referenced um and obviously princess die in polka dots there's a fabulous picture (laughs) of her looking amazing which led me through various searchings to an instagram account called princess die revenge looks oh wow i mean it's just joyous it's just princess die wearing all the most brilliant things she ever wore throughout (laughs) the 90s and then led me to Diane Keaton. Oh, Diane Keaton, love Diane Keaton. Who has started an Instagram TV channel. I also had to have a, have a little look at Alexis. Colby Carrington, whatever she is. Carrington. Yes. Yeah, yes. love it. Dallas dynasty yeah. situation. So that's been my nostalgia oh. this week. Oh. Just check out the Instagrams. Princess mm-hmm. Di's revenge look. Diane Keaton on Instagram and um, Alexis Colby. Brilliant. Well, What's mine has been, well, for me, I've, I've got something that I'm going to miss about lockdown, and that is um, Grayson Perry's Art Club. It only happened because of lockdown. It was it's one of so the, soothing. Oh, just absolutely loved it. Anyway, it got me thinking, do you remember Vision On, which was the kids' programme? It, yeah. it was actually for deaf children, so there was no sort of, there's lots of subtitles, and uh, but they had a bit, a gallery where kids were sending their pictures. Like Jenny Hart. But Tony Hart did it, and Neil got one on apparently. Oh, oh look at that, don't see? we just love him? <laughs> we love him despite all the noises. He got a picture. Fish not arty into Neil the gallery. Arty. Neil arty into exactly. the gallery. Yeah, and there we are. We've come to the end of another episode of Postcards from Midlife. So if you enjoyed the episode, please do rate us and subscribe via your podcast provider. And you can also listen to the podcast on the Times radio app. So if you don't have that yet, go to your app store and download it. 
we love to hear your stories so do keep sending us all of those um, as well as your adventures to postcards from midlife website or our facebook group and we'll be back again this time next week goodbye Goodbye. even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.